Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is Tony Kanye switching to my radio voice. And today I have with me Art Harrison, the co-founder and chief growth officer at Daylight. Art, thank you for being with, here with me today. How's it going? It's going well. I really appreciate you having me today. Looking forward to chatting with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I spent all day trying to get my studio ready so that it looks like I have a ton of daylights just for, just for you guys. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. And number two, so if I'm not mistaken, you're in Toronto, Canada. I am, so yes. Doesn't that mean that that like past <laughs> like Halloween, maybe even before Halloween, you just get no daylight ever for until like May? We, we still get daylight. It's just going to be below freezing uh, with oh, daylight okay. <laughs> okay, in so, those so, months. So, so it's like Iowa. It's not like I, the I, Arctic. Okay. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's, I, it's, it's honestly, it's a lot like New York City. Oh, okay, uh, okay, usually okay. about the same weather that New York City is going to get. Well, yeah, you're not far. Yeah, okay. yeah. New York and is, yeah, exactly. So, okay. so then, now today is rainy and gray, but that, that's not a good example. <laughs> okay. But by the way, in case this particular episode attracts more Canadian listeners than normal, eh? Um, <laughs> listeners, I have uh, spoken at, uh, 70 different insurance conferences and I have visited almost every U.S. state with a few exceptions But I, and I have visited 75 countries. I have never visited Canada. So oh, if wow. any of the listeners has an insurance conference in Canada for which you need a fantastic speaker, especially if you want me to talk about millennials and insurance, message me. You are going to get a sweetheart deal because I have never been to Canada and I want to go and I want to have a good excuse to go. It can be Toronto. It can be uh, Vancouver, uh, 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 Quebec, uh, yeah, je, Montreal je, might be good. Montreal, je parle en petit français. I can't give my whole presentation in French, no way. But uh, I speak enough to at least not get lost on the way to hotel. Uh, so, so uh, Art, uh, we always give the guests the, the chance to give the elevator pitch. What is daylight? Sure. Um, you know, it's one of those things I'm still six years in working on my pitch. Um, and and I think that's just the nature of doing something something so big that that it's it's always been hard to contain, but I'll, I'll do my best for you today. Uh, at our core, our mission at daylight is to improve all of the interactions between people and process. And what that really means, and what our real pitch is is that we help organizations, build digital experiences in front of the business processes, the rules, the, the interactions that they have either for their employees or their customers so that anyone can interact with their services, make changes to their account, do whatever they want in an easy, intuitive way. And just, you know, it's not the pitch, but I, I, I like to make sure that whenever I'm having a conversation with someone like yourself or with a, with a, a, a carrier, whoever it is, they really understand what that means. So I'm going to give you the easiest analogy that I've been using for the last couple of years. There's two that I've used on and off and they, one's insurance, one's tax, but I'll, I'll tell you the, the tax one first. And that is you're in the US, um, the IRS has a business process, all of their forms. They want you to file your taxes and it could be dozens of forms, amendments, documents, whatever it is, but it's a terrible experience and it's stressful and you're worried you're doing it wrong or that any they're looking for you to make a mistake to get you. So that that billion dollar tax industry exists to create a better experience, a better on-ramp 
that's conversational that you can just, you know, go through, Hey, did you change jobs? Did you get married? Did you, you know, put money into your retirement account? And when you're done, you'll see you have the confidence that you've done it right. You hit submit and you as a consumer couldn't care less how it gets to the IRS. That's an output, the documents, the, the electronic submission, you had the experience you wanted. The information was validated before it ever went to an auditor and the IRS gets the information they want. And so that type of an experience is what Daylight is helping insurers, banks, pharmacies, governments bring to any of the experiences that they have across their organizations, building the knowledge and that easy, intuitive way in front of whatever they have, whether it's a legacy paper document or system or a modern straight through API experience. That's what Daylight does. Okay. So you could help both InsureTech with an API driven experience uh, or insurance companies with an AS400 uh, that probably runs with lemmings inside and outputs uh, paper uh, stone tablets. Yeah, Basically. like a, a real a tenant to when we founded the business was all of those things are outputs. That's how your business runs. That's how you move data across the, the organization. But just because that's how you operate doesn't mean that's how your employees, your customers want to operate. So when we when we built the platform, we kind of separated those ideas of Let's build the experience we want today, regardless of whatever you have in the background. You know, it could be a hamster running in a wheel. Um, you shouldn't have to wait for that to evolve before you can make improvements to that that personal experience side of things. So that by separating those two, you can be modern on one end and still slowly progressing away from the, the stone tablets on the other side. Okay. And it's supposed to be no code or low it's, code. Yeah, and and that's that's you know a topic I as really I, I get I'm passionate about all the topics you'll learn as we keep going on. And the more I talk, the more passionate I get. Uh, end of day at that, I'll I'll, I'll wear people down. But uh, um, low code is the means that take to build those processes. So let me take it back a step. There's some organizations out there that are low code, and they're trying to replace the idea of software development. So build any application, build a new core system, replace your policy engine or your claims engine with this no-code, low-code platform. That's what Daylight is. The reason we are low-code is because there's real guardrails in our platform that says, I, I as a business user, the person that that is a customer service representative or the claims adjuster or whoever I am, I know my process better than anyone else can ever know it or could get the requirements down. So low code is there to enable them to actually build the majority of the solution themselves by just mapping out at this point, I need to get the name of the, the policy holder. Oh, you want to change a beneficiary? Who do you want to add? Um, you know, they, they, okay, you want to add more than one person? Here's the rules. You're in Texas or Quebec or wherever you are. Here's the, the additional rules for you. And then finally, here's the outcome. Once I get the information, here's the documents I put it in or the system I put it in. So the low code enables those types of people to build their own solutions rather than relying on the, the broken telephone game with IT um, of trying to convey their requirements, waiting for months, waiting for the prioritization. They can just come in and build it and it shortens the distance between the problem and the solution. Like who knows what, what needs to get built and who can build it become one and the same. I, I, I always like to look at the website of, of the company as we're chatting. Sure. And so in your case, the solutions uh, tab 
has by use case, by function, and you have by industry. And in industry, you have banking, insurance, and healthcare. So of course, I clicked on insurance, which is you know my pond. <laughs> and the first thing is make insurance processes more human. Yes, that is fantastic uh, because one <laughs> thing that we that we suffer of is we historically have built a product centric design uh yeah. and and then the final customer whether they're internal to the company or external goes like the heck is this right i what, I, what is this I, yeah exactly i i i i don't need other than collision coverage <laughs> right yeah. like like yeah what even is a collision? Like I just what, need... what yeah, what does that even mean? Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and in so many ways in insurance, we just speak our own lingo, we ask a gazillion questions. Uh, and and many of them are important for underwriting. Many of them are not. That's the funniest thing. We ask questions that we don't require in underwriting just because we oh, can't. Oh, that drives right? me crazy. That, the that... worst, the worst, right? Um so I, there's been a lot of insure techs, uh, in the first generation of insure techs. A lot of them were basically saying, we can quote without asking you all the questions. We can quote, like, give me a name and an address and, mm-hmm. and we, we can get you a homeowner's insurance or give me a license plate number and, and a license number and a name and I can give you auto quote. But they would only... Basically, they, they would get to the cheapest product possible. And like, it's not a very human process. And I believe that part of the reason the agents are, are continuing to be successful and will probably continue to be successful forever, the agents that brokers, is b- 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 because they provide that human piece. Yeah, right? I, I, so, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You, you're going to make me do... I haven't done this for a while, but it's um, when we started the business, you know, as a founder... Um, you know, it was, it was two of us at the time and I used to get to do a lot of pitches and my pitch back then, I probably haven't said it verbatim like this for a while, but my pitch from the day that I started pitching to, and, and it didn't matter if it was insurance or banking or anyone else, oftentimes I would tell the story of a broker and I would say, there is a time and there still is a time where paperwork can be part of a good customer experience because, you know, paperwork got a terrible connotation with it. Everyone's trying to get rid of it. And I would talk about the broker that came to my house and sold me insurance when my wife was pregnant. So they came to my house. We had a conversation. He, I didn't, I didn't have to fill out or check a box that said we're having a baby. He looked at my wife and said, "Oh, you know, congratulations. You know, you got it right, uh, thankfully. But uh, congratulations. I see you got a child on the way. And oh, you know, we were chatting before. You're thinking of starting a business." And what he was doing was understanding what was motivating us, what our needs were, what our budget was. And he was mentally deciding, oh, I think the right carrier for you is going to be this one and this product. He was filling the individual forms to get the quote or to bind the policy while we were there. And when he was done, he just turned the piece of paper around and said, here's what I've written down for you. Here's what I've answered. Here's what this means. Here's what collision you know, <laughs> insurance means using your, your story from before. And so the paperwork is a great part of the experience because it captured everything that was needed. It's just that he didn't just stick those in front of us, say, here's a hundred forms, fill them out and I'll tell you what the cost is. Um, And so we tell that story because 
that same thing repeats not just in the the creation of a, a policy but you think about what happens in claims you think about what happens when you you're calling a call center wondering if you're covered for travel insurance or trying to understand where to go for a checkup uh, or for a medical procedure when you're traveling uh you think about what happens when you are an employee that joins one of those uh insurers and you're just trying to get your on your own group plan um, you know, all the paperwork, all the documentation or the, the systems that were built just around, this is what we need. So too bad for you, sit down and just answer every question and you can make them all more human. You can make that, recreate that broker experience in just about every process that is natural, engaged, de de-stressed, um, and, and provides better data ultimately to the organization and a better experience to the customer. So okay. I'm passionate about it and, and you're spot on so, with that, that human side. So who, who is the, the client at, at a carrier? Is it the CIO? Is it, uh, the, the chief of underwriter? Uh, is, is it like the business unit chief it's, or it, it, it's, you know, we're, we're not at the point where I can tell you definitively because it, it changes. So there is two primary users, broadly speaking. Now, where they apply it changes. So there is either, um, we'll just broadly call them IT groups. It could be a shared service group, a transformation group, whoever, who are genuinely looking to deliver more projects to the or to the business units across the organization. And they're struggling to say, well, I have my core people and I want them working on big, difficult, you know, transformative things but they keep getting pulled off to work on a change of address experience for the retail banking or this, you know, an account move for a wealth team or whatever it may be. Um, and so they use the daylight platform as a central way to either let more of their junior people build rapidly build solutions, the front end of the solutions they're trying to build. And just a, most of those problems aren't, don't require an upgrade to Guidewire or a massive update to that AS400. They just need a better way to interact with it. I want to take the rules that I know and put them in there. So IT uses us as a way to speed delivery. And then business teams use us because they're looking at, you know, business problems like, oh my gosh, I'm spending so much money training new CSRs. And I wish I had a way to just codify the rules of these processes. So it walked them through what to say, what to do, or they're looking to, you know, uh, extend their portals or their, their group benefits or be a competitive against other group players by saying, Hey, your members will be able to do everything digitally, but they need to build out all of those touch points. because they they've only got the, the origination or like the sign up or the, you know, two or three big, you know, processes uh, digitized. So we go both. What tends to happen is wherever we start, once the momentum starts building, they build, it tends to get centralized with like a, um, a center of excellence, a shared services group, where IT will ultimately own the platform. Um, but then business units get onboarded as needed with their SMEs being able to build the solutions themselves. So it's kind of a, you know, that's where we end up living at the end state, but it's the entry point varies. What what, what, what does the integration look like? So, so, so right, the CIO or the owner of, of a particular process brings you on, um, and they're sitting on, you know, yeah, applications that they, like so, uh, systems that are not API enabled. Yeah, that are not well, API this, ready. How do you integrate? This is this is one of my favorite topics, and and you can tell already. I'm gonna weave it around, but I will get to you to your point. So when we started, our first client actually was a large bank that has a, an insurance component as well, and we won that 
when we were two people um, up against some of the biggest names, um, biggest software companies uh, names out there in the world, uh, household names, um, which is shocking to everybody. And one of the reasons is this real pragmatic approach that we have towards digitization, digitalization. So when you talk about integration, the way that we have built our platform is by separating those concerns and saying, you know, as someone that has come out of project delivery and IT and security and all the areas that my partner and I came out of, we recognized where projects die. And integration is a huge area where projects go to die, right? Like, I know what I want to build, but it's going to take X amount of years to get permission or to build the new API or do something. So with Daylight, integration is there, and I, I will get to that. But what we really did was we said, first and foremost, let's build the experience that you want. What are the rules? What are What's the flow of the experience you want? And build it non-integrated. Once you have that, you, can, you theoretically could just, as a business team, could use it today. Yeah, it doesn't have uh, Tony's information when he logs on to start his claim. And it doesn't have an API to send it on to the, the core system when he's done. So maybe on day one of launch, Tony's going to love it because it's still easy to use. You know it's accurate. And maybe on day one is generating the three paper forms that you still have to print and sign and you know email back. But it, it's still bringing value. And then the integration all become additive. So if there's an API that eventually becomes available, you don't have to rebuild the solution. You simply have to reconfigure that experience to say, instead of generating documents, uh, now we're going to maybe first step might be, we're going to email the documents to a, a document storage solution. You know, a few months later, maybe there is an API. So now we're just going to configure it to say, we've collected all of Tony's information digitally. Now we're just going to post it to an API. Um, same goes for pre-population, that same experience. You don't have to change it. You can just have, you know, IT might say, we have a way now to launch these experiences. It will pass first name, Tony, you know, um, you know, policy number equals this. And the experience will just pick that up and work as if that information was tightly integrated. So you can, the, the real premise there is that you, when people wait for the end to end everything solution, the, it, you know, things don't happen. It takes huge delays to see value. You now have to justify because you're going to have to build end to end you, the expectations of return are so much higher. So you only go over the ones that you know are going to be massive wins where with daylight, you can say, well, this is a small problem. I'm going to build this and I'll get 70% of the value. I will then decide later, do I want to invest in the extra integration? Um, and then, you know, when you get into the meat of our platform, all of those integrations can be centralized too. So they're managed by IT exposed to the business. So you can, you're not building these ad hoc things that are going to, you know, trouble the carriers three years from now. They're all done in a way that is scalable, but you're not dependent upon them to see value, to improve the knowledge of your frontline staff, to improve your digital offerings. You know, you, you deal with the realities of whatever you have. And we used to call it pragmatic digitization. You know, deal, you know we all got to accept this is what our organization is like. That doesn't mean I can't make an improvement today and make an impact today. So what you're saying is that when we search the the the, uh, the intranet and we yep. find twenty thousand completely dis disconnected access databases, that's a bad thing. <laughs> that is a bad thing. Re re real story. Uh, yeah. Well, or or twenty thousand paper for paper forms that are 
you know, where, where 70 of them are the same process, just a different team has a slight different version of it. And there's outdated versions that have been sent out to different, uh, different organizations or carriers or partners over the years. Like it doesn't have to be that way. And, or the experience doesn't have to be that anyway. You might need to keep that because you can't, it's too big of a job, but it doesn't mean that you have to, that's what you hire someone new and say, Hey, by the way, welcome aboard to this wonderful employer. I'm going to have to teach you how to use these 10,000 access databases and 9,000 forms. Uh, you know, see how long the retention, how long they're, you're going to retain them if that's the experience that they're having. Absolutely. What, 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 what is the pricing like? Do we have to sign up for the whole, the whole thing and sign a five-year contract or, or uh, what, what is it? What does the pricing look like? So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to give you a good answer here too, but I, I'm, I'm smirking because uh, as a founder, one of the things that happens over, over the years of growing the business is the sales team starts saying, stop talking about pricing. Cause we're used to being very flexible as you start a business and then it changes, but and I'm, I'm teasing them when I say that, but, um, but no, what, uh, pricing was really important when we started the business. Um, again, story time, um, my, my partner, our CEO, we were childhood friends who drifted apart and then reconnected at a trade show and became executive sponsors of a deal between our respective organizations about six, seven years ago. And he used to call me up and complain about pricing to me. Um, so when we started this together, pricing became a really big thing. So the way that we built daylight pricing, and it's not about the dollar amount, but it's about the, the core principles of our pricing. So number one, we wanted it to be transaction-based. And the reason for that is there are times where we have someone using us to build a COVID vaccination solution nationally, which we is a true story. And they're going to be doing millions of submissions as people are signing themselves and their families up. Um, then we're going to have times where someone is doing a store audit or a very small process that your CEO really cares about um, is only done 200 times a year. And if you're paying per project pricing, that doesn't make sense. How do you reconcile the use on such grand scale? So by being transactional, it does a few things. Number one, it means you can experiment and build things big or small. And you kind of know that what the cost is going to be. It's going to be a fraction of the value that you get from that amount of usage, right? So, um, and then it also keeps daylight and our, our clients aligned to the same goal. Because our clients, we get paid when they take things into production and are using it. So every time someone submits, every time they're adding a beneficiary or applying for a new product, you know, whatever it is they're doing, um, that's when we generate revenue. And that's when you, the, our clients generate savings or revenue or whatever it may be. So it means we have the same goal. And if something's not working, we're there with them just as eager to make it to, to, to make it work. If, if they need a uh, kick in the pants to go faster, we're there encouraging them to, to be agile because we have the same goal. Let's actually get things live. Let's not make a capital investment that we will hopefully pay off five years from now. Let's do things that we will all see return on, you know, tomorrow. Um, so that's how pricing works. And, and, you know, as a general rule of thumb, you're talking about you know, anywhere from a 10th to a hundredth, whatever of the value that the organizations are getting back. So talking about small, you know, a small amount, a small cost per transaction versus the savings or the, the revenue that is generating. Fantastic. So, so your customer success people, uh, priority one, get things to production. Priority two, get things to production. Priority three, get things to production. 
Yeah, well, the only thing I'd weave in between there is uh, cross-pollinate ideas because to get more things into production, it's about learning. You know, just the reason you you went and you saw by industry and you saw pharmacy, banking, insurance, not a point solution. We're not here saying, hey, we have the best quoting engine. We're here saying that experiences are universal. The, the things we built in the platform around COVID for pharmacies is hugely applicable to what we're doing in banking. And what we're doing in banking is hugely applicable to what we're doing in insurance because at the end of the day, people are, are you know, I want to start something at home. Then I hit a roadblock. I'd like to call someone and I'd like them to know what I'm doing. I'd like to do it on my phone and do it on my computer. You know, they're, they're the same problem set, which is I just, I don't want to feel like I'm taking a test to interact with your business. You know, and, and so... So that's the other side of what our customer success people are doing is just sharing ideas of, hey, here's a cool way that someone solved a problem for call center in insurance. And I think that would be really applicable to you, the government entity that's trying to work on citizen reporting. You know, it's 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 a it's a huge part of what we do as well. Makes sense. Makes perfect. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, an absolutely great way to put it. Art, uh, it's been really good, really, really good. I, I'm <laughs> often a little iffy ab about conversations with with uh, technology companies that serve multiple industries. Uh, but no, this has been really good. It's been a real pleasure to have you. Uh, when, when, when this goes live, uh, I will tag you on LinkedIn. I, I will tag uh, Daylight on LinkedIn also. Uh, Amazing. And, and uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, pleasure being here. And, and Tony, I know we talked before we started, uh, I was at a conference an insurance conference here in Toronto a few weeks back. If I would have known, would have found a way to get you in there, but I will, I'll be keeping my eye out for other awesome. events and we'll, we'll get you up here sometime soon. Thank you. Uh, preferably in spring. Yeah. 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 No, I know the, I know the general rules, unless you say you're a skier or a snowboarder <laughs> spring or summer is the time to come. <laughs> awesome. Th thank you so much. Thank you.